Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is The Daily Download. Today, we're sharing another crossover episode of What's Hot in Housing with Mortgage Marketing Radio's Jeff Zimfer. In today's episode, Housing Wire Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler joins Zimfer to discuss rising home prices, which are now up 15% year over year. The pair also discuss record low interest rates coupled by low inventory, along with an uptick in demand in luxury home markets. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. So let's get into today's content. As always, I want to bring back my special guest, Editor-in-Chief Sarah Wheeler from Housing Wire. Sarah, what's up? Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Are you ready for Halloween? I am. I have a costume. I'm not telling you what it is, but I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) We should have worn our costumes today. We should have. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would have been awesome. All right. So today we've got uh, lots of cool updates. And uh, once again, for those of you tuning in, we want to say hello to our virtual audience. As a reminder, if you haven't yet subscribed, make sure you subscribe to Housing Wire. If you want to stay in tune with what's happening in housing, mortgage markets, financial stuff, all that, you want to be able to sound intelligent with your clients and your family at a party, what the heck? Housing Wire is where it's at. So um, this week we're talking about, Sarah, the median home price is up 15% year over year. That's insane. Tell us about that. Why is that happening? It is crazy. I mean, what we think is that um, we do have, you know, people are interested in buying because they they want to move. So number one, they, they've got their, it's not just low interest rates. Of course, low interest rates makes this a great time to move, but people want to move. They want more space. They want to get out of the city, whatever it is. So they're looking. And meanwhile, our supply is still so low. Mm-hmm. So our, you know, with low home supply and lots of people looking to move, then that translates to higher prices. But we, I mean, we've seen them all, all year, except for in obviously April and May. So we are up uh, for the year. We're up over the month. And, and I think it's just going to keep going. Yeah. So a lot of people are asking is when's it going to end, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon because um, we keep doing stories on like, you know, um, you know, the spring home buying season shifted to the summer and then it shifted to the fall. And then we've done two stories in the last week where, um, calling real estate agents all over the country where they describe it as a frenzy and also a circus. So um, uh, just depending on where you are. So I, I think that so far, no one's seen the slowdown that we all think is coming. Yeah, I'd like to, for those that are watching right now, um, what are you seeing out there? Is it a frenzy? Is it a circus? Are you still in those multiple bid situations? That's what I'm hearing and seeing out there. Um, but once again, right, 15% uh, up year over year. I think that's the largest... I forget what the stats are. You probably have a better handle on that than me. The largest price increase. Here it is right here. Guess where I'm finding this? On Housing Wire. 
Unbelievable. <laughs> See, if it's not for housing wire, I wouldn't be able to sound so intelligent, but uh, I'm just reading this right here. So do you want to share with us kind of the context? Uh, when's the last time we saw a number like that? Yeah. So last time was September, 2005, according to Redfin, uh, which is pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, Redfin's looking at the Case Shiller National Home Price Index there. They're looking at that data. But if you think about back to 2005, 15 years ago, and uh, everything that happened since then, that's pretty amazing. Um, 15% year over year, and and it just keeps going. I think this week we said that um, the home price index is greatest gain in over two years, so we didn't quite hit that again. But, um, Mm. you know, uh, just month over month, it was up another 4.8%. So that's, that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And your article goes on to explain that also setting records this month is the average sale to list price ratio um, with an index showing 99.4%, um, which means people are willing to pay top dollar. Well, and we even found that in the, um, we wrote a story about luxury, the luxury market mm-hmm. and even in the luxury market, which doesn't normally see bidding wars and isn't yeah. like usually over asking price. They're seeing um, the agents we talked to said that they were not seeing bidding wars, but they were seeing multiple offers mm-hmm. and that that was pushing up the, even the price of luxury homes. So that's pretty unusual. I wonder what that looks like in the luxury market when you're like, okay, we got to outbid. <laughs> Instead of five grand, it's like 50 grand, right? <laughs> well, I can tell you one of the one of the interesting things in those. Um, so we looked at some, uh, we did kind of a follow up to our luxury towns of like Aspen, Vale, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But even not there, but like the Hamptons and um, Palm Beach, things like that, what you're seeing is all cash offers and or people who um, are financing, but they're waiving all their contingencies. So they're competing with the cash offers. So, um, you know, that's a lot of money. Yeah, it sure is. Okay, so there's a lot happening in housing. And once again, if you've just tuned in, let us know where you're watching from. You just might win a free book, Disrupt or Die. There it is, because um, we love participation. Why don't I know where you're watching from? What are you seeing in your local market? Okay, so what else is happening? Not only is the median price up 15%, let's talk about some recent numbers that have come out from the MBA forecasts. Um, look, I don't know if this is news to anybody, but what they're saying is that refinances are going to decrease by just shy of 50% in 2021. Yeah, so we just hit, you know, we've been wondering when refis were gonna we're going to take up two-thirds market share, and they just did that last week. So they're right over that uh, line, but that's not gonna stay. We all know, um, even though I think there's still about a month ago we said there was like 18 million people who should still qualify um, based on their rate and based on their, you know, their credit score. That's still a lot of people, but at some point that's gonna run out. And so, you know. Again, the MBA saying 45%, that's huge. And and that's been followed up by several other people who have said, you know, listen, you got to get ready for this. Dave Stevens wrote something for us, you know, former CEO of uh, Mortgage Bankers Association that said people need to get ready now yeah. for purchase because your loan officers who are great at doing your refi are not maybe the same people who are going to be great at doing purchase. And so you need to take those people and train them. You know, did you, who did you hire to do this refi wave? Are they the right people to do a purchase, uh, you know, a, a big purchase boom? So that's something to think about too, training or, or what you have to look for in those people. Yeah, that's a great question. I'll put that again here in the in the ticker thing running below here. Um, what is your purchase versus refi, refi balance if you're watching right now? What is it? Um, you know, and, and it's, I understand that, you know, the refis considering the market might be a little bit heavy, but a lot of LOs I'm talking to have already made the pivot and the shift. Not everybody has, but the real question is, are you preparing to do that? I mean, look, let's, let's bring that thing up again. Um, I, what I'm, how I'm presenting this to LOs is 
if you've been heavy on refi, are you prepared for your income to potentially be reduced by almost half? Right? That's why you want to look, look at your numbers, because the pool of potential refi people is uh, shrinking. It's, and, and, you know, so that's the point there. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing. All right. Next up, we're talking about purchases. Here's the positive side of things, right? They're going to increase by 8.5% to a record high. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. A record high of one5 trillion dollars. That's a heck of a lot of purchases. That's so many purchases. And, you know, we say that again, I think that's why you're going to see home sales go up because that's a record number of purchases, but which homes are, are going to be there? And um, mm. there are some people who are not putting their homes on the market because of COVID, because they're not sure about their job or because they're in forbearance. Yeah. Actually, I mean, we still have, you know, more than 3 million people in, in forbearance. And so some of those homes might, maybe they, if they weren't doing that, they would look at uh, moving or selling. So, I do think that's going to drive prices higher in 2021. We don't see any any slack in that coming. Is there any talk about like after this demand goes through the system, right? Like because we got these millennials that are coming in with a pent up demand with they're reaching their prime purchasing age. We've got record low interest rates. We've got reduced inventory, which is driving prices plus uh, luxury market lifting the average medium price up. I mean, is there anybody talking yet about like what happens, right? After? Not, not so far, no. <laughs> well, I was just enjoying the party, right? <laughs> I, I think because if you look at the demographic waves, so you've had Logan on your show, Logan Motoshami, yeah. our, our lead analyst. The thing that he always points to is it's the, it's the demographics. The, mm -hmm. the millennials aren't going anywhere. They're aging into that time where they're going to want to buy a house. And so, right. yeah, even though maybe mortgage you know rates go up, houses are low, they're still going to want to buy a house. I mean, this is their age. It's, it's being dri driven by demographics. So from his perspective, the next four to five years are the big wave. So, mm. and I think most people agree with that. If you look at it, they're just hitting that age. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll have Logan on to have a further conversation about that. But, and I guess those that were around in 2008 still are kind of shell-shocked, right? After going through all that, because it's like, okay, what's next? And I'm just wondering, um, so what does that mean after the demographics play out? Do we flatten? Do we slowly trickle down? I guess nobody knows yet, right? Yeah, I don't think anyone knows. And I also think that uh, what we don't know is how, we know that homeowners in a certain category really aren't being affected. If you look at the forbearance numbers, those are pretty low. Mm -hmm. uh, from what we, you know, it's less than 6% of all the mortgages are now in forbearance and, and, you know, people are exiting that all the time, right. but you know, people who are renting right now, who maybe this year would have been those home buyers, step up home buyers. What has it done to them to be laid off or to, um, you know, they're, they've had a lot of problems. So, so that's the part I think that we don't know yet is like, what is that? Yes, that wave is coming, but what happened to that wave this year? What happens to that wave next year? Mm -hmm. um, and even people who uh, who have eviction, you know, uh, who are saved from eviction or got different stimulus, what we see is they've been putting that into savings unless they're at a certain level. And then they've been using all that just for their day to day. So I, I do think that there is some question in my mind is what do those buyers look like? You know, did we derail a whole bunch of buyers this year? What And when will we see that that happened? And new homebuyers. Yeah. Well, and then there's the other segment of the population of the empty nesters and the folks that, you know, are reaching that age where they're going to scale down, which may, may free up some additional inventories, which we really need too. Who knows? All right. Did we lose? Are we here? Are you there, Sarah? There you go. We're back. I don't know what happened there. We had a little technical difficulty. Hey, Steve Wade says, good afternoon. Steve Wade, good afternoon to you as well. 
Steve, you got a question or comment? What's happening in your market, man? Multiple offers, bids, all that kind of stuff. What's your percentage of refi versus purchase? Are you preparing for the pivot? So talking about how this whole thing winds up, you were mentioning forbearance and job losses and stuff, under 6% of people in forbearance right now. I wanted to share this uh, quote from uh, Michael Fratantoni. <laughs> Try that three times fast. Uh, he's basically looking at the, the forecast for next year and assuming that the coronavirus kind of pandemic gets under control, right? The economy should expand, right? Which is great. And what that means, job market's going to improve, jobs are going to come back, incomes are going to rise, and home sales will obviously meaning, meaningfully increase. So, man, oh man, could we have better news really around pretty much? It seems really optimistic to me, but I don't think he's being, you know, obviously he's a chief economist and, and I, I think he's being, it's an optimistic take, but it, it's the right take. I mean, from everything we've seen, I mean, it's not like we see some huge thing coming. We do have an election next week. Um, that would be interesting. Who's, 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 who's up for election? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do think, you know, we're polling people all the time being like, okay, what does this look like? What is this... Uh, you know, what are the potential implications either way? And, you know, you don't just have the president, you have the Senate, you have the House, you have lots of uh, local races um, and local uh, bodies that are going to be potentially changed. So we're looking at that, especially from a regulatory front. Like, what does this mean? Like, everything looks like we're, we're headed in this great direction, um, but that, that could have some, some implications. To listen to the full conversation, head over to MortgageMarketingInstitute.com or tune in on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. That's a wrap for today's episode of The Daily Download. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and we hope you have a great weekend.